Hey folks, Keith here. Just a reminder that today's episode is part of our mini-series, Whiteboard Innovators. If you have questions about what this series is about and who OPG, the host, is, you can go back and listen to the episode that Olivia and I recorded where we discussed this mini-series, how it came about, and why she's involved in it. I'm really excited to share the podcast with Olivia for this episode and the other ones in this mini-series. I hope you enjoy it. Take care. Hello, and welcome back to Whiteboard Innovators. At Bain, we take our most innovative, wild, and out there ideas to the whiteboard, where we translate them from a disruptive concept into a workable reality. Today, we invite you to grab a marker and join us as we sketch out what's happening at the forefront of innovation and entrepreneurship at Bain & Company. Today, we have a very special guest, Tamara Lewis. Tamara is a Bain partner who joined Bain after graduating summa cum laude from Princeton and never looked back. Her 14-year career includes 10 years at the Boston office before moving four years ago to become one of the founding members of Bain Seattle. Today, we're going to discuss innovation during Seattle's early days, how Bain approaches entering new markets, and what it's like to be an entrepreneur and build a Bain office from the ground up. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So, Tamara, Welcome. Thank you, Olivia. It's great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. Tomorrow, when did you know that you were going to take the Bain Seattle job? I would say that it was pointed out to me before I knew I was going to take the job. My husband and I flew out to Seattle for a weekend to get to know the city better before making a decision. And on the plane, we had discussed how we really need to think it through take in everything we were seeing, and then do the thorough pros and cons list. We land late at night, the first morning, as all good Seattle tourists do, we went to see the Space Needle. And right next to the Space Needle, there is a Chihuly Art Museum, the famous Seattle-based glass artist. As you're walking through, there is this beautiful glass room, transparent room, with the most beautiful, colorful glass sculptures attached to the ceiling. And I walk in and say, this will be an amazing spot for the holiday party one day. And my husband just looks at me and says, we're moving, aren't we? I love it. You came from the Bain Boston office, which is Bain's oldest office, a very well-established culture and community. Why choose to leave and start something new? Well, firstly, I would say I didn't choose to leave. I chose to go towards something. I could happily have spent the rest of my days in the Boston office. But what jumped out to me as a once in a career opportunity was a clear mission that excited me and where I thought I could be useful in making successful. Part of that was the ability to continue to do client work with most of my time, but also take on the talent VP role in a big office like Boston. Given the size, that's a full-time job. But in Seattle, I was able to sign up for standing up that people machine, of course, with the entire leadership team and broader office, and having that diversity of experience in an area that is a source of passion for me in Bain and in client work was hard to pass up. And then I think there's a piece of it that is just the challenge and that little bit of Can I do this? Can I be successful? That is energizing. But where I was lucky is it's less of a big decision than 
I probably make it sound like it was just the next chapter of my Bain story. I was still going to work at Bain. I was still going to be a part of the broader Bain community. And so that gives you the confidence to make the leap. And what sealed the deal for me is that the people in Boston whose opinion I valued most said, you have to do this. As a current member of the Boston office, I know that you still have an amazing support group there. Tons of folks who, when I mentioned that I was interviewing you, got really excited. Were you nervous leaving Boston and that network behind? Of course. That was the number one concern other than the rain. But at some point you realize that I have so many people in my Bain network, whether they have moved offices or frankly left Bain, and the relationship changes but it doesn't go away. And so at some point I realized, well, the same way I make an effort to keep in touch with my mentees who have left Boston, why would I assume that my mentors wouldn't do the same for me? Hmm. We've talked a bit about why you chose to move to Seattle. Why did Bain choose to open Seattle? That's a great question. Some would ask, why did we only choose to open Seattle in 2018? If you think about why you would want to open an office, you want to make sure that there is a business case in terms of client rationale and people rationale. On the client side, these are innovators that are really redefining their industries, leading their industries today, but got to that point by redefining them. Those are the sorts of change-oriented executives that Bain was built working with. And so the Outsized market opportunity is enormous. And there was a real belief that we could build a stronger business with those clients with boots on the ground than serving it from other West Coast offices. And then on the people rationale, it came down to our people and the people who we want to be our people want to be in Seattle. Seattle has experienced tremendous growth in large part due to some of the companies I mentioned And so you're seeing a huge infusion of top talent into the market. And we wanted to be able to access that. I know that Bain approaches expanding into a new market a little bit differently than our competitors. We don't open outposts. We open to scale. And we do that in large part because our apprenticeship model mandates scale. With that in mind, what do you think are the necessary ingredients to launching a new scalable Bain office from a human capital perspective? Who do we choose to send? That's a great question. I mean, if you're opening an office that can stand alone with support from the broader machine, of course, but stand alone, you need all the ingredients. You can't bake a cake without eggs. And so we needed a top to bottom team. We needed partners. I was one of them. Office head Eric and senior leaders at Bain went about identifying and enlisting those folks. And then we got to work figuring out who was willing to raise their hand. And we needed to build a team from senior managers all the way down to AC1s, thinking through our growth ambitions and making sure that we would be able to replicate the home office model that is so critical to Bain's secret source. I'm sure you got a ton of interest from folks. I mean, Seattle is such a cool place to live. How did you guys pick, especially those junior team members, those ACs and Cs and Ms? 
It's a great question. I think in a new office, you are looking for people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and not just contribute to maintaining a machine, but building it with the trade-offs that come with that. And I think what was really important to us is that it was people who viewed Bain as a career or were starting to view Bain as a career. It's a reality of our business. Not everyone is here forever, but we needed to build a strong foundation. And so people who were in it for the long haul was really important. And that lens has paid off. Some of our first SAC promotions, our first senior manager promotions, our first partner promotions are founders of the office who are still playing enormous roles in our time work and in our culture today. You mentioned some of the trade-offs that folks needed to make working in an office that's being built rather than just being maintained. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I would say it's a math problem. In a large office, you have hundreds of teams that can be deployed against a variety of client work. When you have three to four teams of deployable capacity, the number of opportunities are just smaller numerically. They're no less rich. They're no less accretive to your professional development, but that's a change. It's a mental model shift. Similarly, there's a comfort aspect in a big office, and it's a testament to the hard work done by so many. There isn't a question you can ask where someone doesn't have an answer, where someone hasn't tackled this before. And so for us, we were able to tap into that institutional knowledge, of course, but that's different than a real answer of how we do this in Seattle. And so as a founding member, every single one of us had to get comfortable with not just asking what is the answer on this, but anticipating that the answer was we don't know and being ready to put forward a solution and commit to following that through. Yeah. So let's step back for a second. What was the role that you had signed up for when you first joined the Seattle office? First and foremost, I was a client-facing partner who had committed to delivering great work for our clients and creating great experiences for our teams. The other role that I was able to play is the talent partner role. And so think of that as being responsible for the people strategy and operations of the office. So everything from professional development to the culture and connectivity strategy the mechanics of shepherding our people through Bain, some of them for the first time. And then I would say those who know me would say that my real role was probably as the local hype woman and party planner, which is the part of my job that at times I take most seriously. I want to come to Seattle. I want to see some of these parties. You said that part of that people role was creating culture. How do you build a culture? I don't know how you build a culture. I'll tell you how we started to build a culture. We officially opened in late summer. By fall, the founding team was on the ground. And so we got together at an offsite. We spent a whole day together talking about the culture we wanted to create. I'm actually looking at the artifact of that conversation right now. We had a graphic artist come in and draw what we were saying to really bring it to life. It's a little better than someone taking notes on a flip chart. And these were the elements that we focused on. Our values, our behaviors, 
and our rituals, believing that if we could identify what good looked like in each of these elements and stay true to them, that is how we would build the culture that we wanted. And what was in some of those elements when you guys talked through them? I will give you some of my favorites. One of the values that I like most and is is on brand for this conversation is innovate. The lens we brought to that is we want to take the best of Bain and apply it and adapt it to our clients' needs and have Seattle be known for something, some innovation within the Bain system. Within the behaviors, the one that is favorite for me is everyone is included and there's a little invitation that says you're all invited. We were one team. Another one is everyone is a mentor. In a small office with only a few leadership team members, I'd say this is true always at Bain, but everyone has to play a mentor role to someone. And then lastly, on rituals, what were the traditions and things that we wanted to be known for in Seattle and have people remember And there we have social, community, and environment, the three areas where we wanted to build lasting rituals. I love that. The Seattle office is rapidly sounding like a place where I need to spend more time. You started, you mentioned, in late summer 2018. So you're only open for a little under two years before COVID hit. How did that sea change affect the process of building culture in Seattle? Yes, talk about the unexpected. And important to remember that COVID in the US started in Seattle, in Kirkland. And so we were the first Bain office to go to work from home. It is, in fact, one of the aspects that make me proudest of our office is the way we handled that. The effort that every single person made to maintain connection, to check in on one another, to adapt the Bain secret source to an environment that we had zero familiarity or comfort with. That is truly something to be proud of. Tamara, we are reaching the end of our time together and I'm very sad, but I want to ask you one last question. At Bain, we're guided by our true north. What has been the true north for you throughout your career? I have experienced firsthand that when you can activate that spark of inspiration and mission in a person, you get more passion and commitment and creativity than you could possibly imagine. I've seen that in client work. I've seen that on extra 10% bank commitments. And I've seen that in opening an office. That is awesome stuff. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for having me. 